Hi, I'm Alex Rubin, and thank you so much for joining me on my daily teaching podcast, Grace to Your World. You know, the more we understand God's grace, the more do we find ourselves empowered to change our world and to live the overcoming life. Now, with that being said, let's get into today's message and grow in our walk with Jesus together. This is what he says here in St. John chapter 1, verse 14. And notice what he says, and he says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Stop right there. Anybody know who he's talking about, guys? The Word was made flesh? He's talking about Jesus, right? He's talking about Jesus here. Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. He dwelt among us. We beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father. Now notice what he says here about Jesus, the Word made flesh. He says, full of grace and truth. And so Jesus, you want to understand, is full of grace and truth. Now now uh, skip down to verse 17, St. John chapter 1, verse 17. He says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, friend, what I want you to see here is I want you to see that there's a divide here. I want you to see that there is a divide between the law of Moses and the grace and truth that came by Jesus. Now, what you got to understand here as well is that grace and truth go together. They're not only on the same side. No, a grace is the truth. Grace is the truth. Everybody understand that grace is the truth. And we just read grace is a person, Jesus. Guys, how many know Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, grace is a person. His name is Jesus. Now, what do we mean by grace? Now, let's really kind of define our terms here in terms of what is grace and what is the law. I want this to be so clear to you today, man. I want this to be so clear to you today. How do we define grace? Look at this verse in the New Living Translation. St. John chapter 1, verse 17 in the NLT puts it this way. He says, for the law was given through Moses, take note, through Moses, and so the law came from God, and by the law, thank you Lord, what we mean is the Old Covenant. We mean not only the Ten Commandments. A lot of people, when they hear Law of Moses, think that we're talking about the Ten Commandments, but the Law of Moses is not only the Ten Commandments, it's actually a sum total of 613 commandments. Okay, I want you to understand. The law of Moses is you got to do good in order to get good. The law of Moses is religion. It's performance. It is self-effort. Now, he says it came through Moses, but watch this. God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. And so, one way that you can define grace is it's God's unfailing love, glory to God, and His faithfulness. Praise God. And so right here, guys, we see that grace is taking the focus off of ourselves because it is God's unfailing love. It's God's unfailing love. It is God's faithfulness. It, it takes the attention off of myself because all of a sudden, under grace, it's no longer about how faithful I am. We're going to get radical here today, guys. I hope you came prepared. Uh, it's no longer about how faithful I am. You hear this a lot in churches. You got to be faithful. You got to do this. You got to do that. Hold on. Under grace, guys, it's no longer about my faithfulness. 
It is about how faithful God is. It is no longer about how much I can love God, glory to God. It is about how much God loves me. You see, grace and truth came by Jesus, and really, as we'll see, the cross is the dividing line. And so, as a result of the cross, guys, as a result of Jesus dying on that cross and rising again on the third day, everything got flipped around. Now, it's no longer about what you can do for God, glory to God. It is about what God, through Jesus, has already done for you, glory to God. It's no longer about you struggling, sweating, and performing uh, to be right with God, glory to God. It's about what Jesus has already done to make you right with God. Everybody understand that so far? And so, it's about God's faithfulness. It's about how much God loves me. You see, in this new covenant, guys, it always starts with God. He loved us first, and that's why we can love. You see, it is about us receiving His love for us, and as a result, we're able to walk in love towards others. Now, let's define this a little bit further, and let's look at the same verse 17 in the Amplified Translation. Saying John chapter 1 verse 17 amplified says, For while the law was given through Moses, grace, and notice how he defines it, the unearned, undeserved favor and spiritual blessing and truth came through Jesus Christ. And so, another way that you can define grace is it is unearned. Glory be to God. It's undeserved favor. Guys, how many of you have been struggling to try to earn the blessings of God? How many of you have been performing in religion uh, to try to be right with God because you wanted to feel uh, like you like you earned the blessing, like you deserve uh, the favor of God? Well, I want you to understand you can never perform enough to earn something from God. A grace is unmerited favor. It is unearned, undeserved favor. And take note, he says, spiritual blessing. Grace is actually spiritual blessing. Hebrews 10.29 Amplified says, talking about the Holy Spirit, he says, the Holy Spirit who imparts grace. Take note, grace is something that is imparted to you. He imparts grace, the unmerited favor, and the blessing of God. Now, what this is talking about is, earlier I mentioned that when you get born again, it's the Holy Spirit who regenerates you. It is the Holy Spirit of God who takes up residence on the inside of you. He's the Spirit of grace. The King James, in the same verse in Hebrews 10.29, talks about the Spirit of grace. And so the Spirit of grace lives on the inside of you. And what I want you to understand, uh, that grace is not a curriculum or a doctrine. Grace is a person and grace is a spirit, and catch this child of God, a grace is a living reality on the inside of every born-again believer. If you have received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, a grace is alive on the inside of you. Now, what is grace doing? A grace is what's working on the inside of you, glory to God. A grace is what enables change and transformation to take place in your life, glory to God. A grace is the power to overcome sin. It's the power to overcome sickness. It's the power to overcome lack. It is the power to walk in the victory that Jesus purchased for you on the cross to 2,000 years ago, everybody say, God is working in me. God is working in me. God is working in me. Praise God. We're going to try to uh, kind of stay calm here today, guys, but I got to warn you, I might be doing some hooping and hollering here today, man, because I'm excited about this. And so grace is working on the inside of us. And grace is undeserved. Now, catch this. Grace is God being good to us without, ha without us having to earn it. Glory to God. Without us having to deserve it. Without ha us having to work for it or to qualify for it. Now, guys, this already flies in the face of everything that religion will tell you. You see... Because here's what the issue is. There's this dividing line between grace and truth and the law of Moses. But if you're honest with yourself, 
Friends, you can probably relate to this fact that a lot of believers, when they think of God and your relationship with God, what you're thinking about is you're thinking about it from a law-based perspective. You see, uh, you, you think you got to perform to be right with God. Is he, and, and I had a conversation with somebody the other day about uh, the Sabbath day, uh, you know, keeping the Sabbath. Guys, I want you to understand the Sabbath day in the Old Covenant was a type and shadow under the law of Moses. The real Sabbath is a Jesus, and so we are no longer required to perform under that law. You see, all you're required to do now is to put your faith in Jesus, put your trust in Jesus, put your confidence in Jesus. He becomes your Sabbath rest. He becomes your fulfillment. He becomes your sufficiency. He becomes your righteousness, glory to God. He becomes your provision. He becomes your glory. He becomes everything that you need in order to live this life that he's called you to live. Everybody say, it's all about Jesus. Glory to God. It's all about Jesus. Now, how do we define the law of Moses? The law, guys, is simply the exact opposite of everything that grace is. They're polar opposites. The law and grace are not only opposites, but as I will show you, you cannot actually combine the law and grace. A lot of believers have this idea, well, Alex, you know, I understand that we're saved by grace through faith. In other words, we didn't earn salvation, but when it comes to you living your Christian life, your Christian life is really kind of like a mixture of grace and law. You see, in other words, you think you got to do certain things in order to either maintain your right standing with God, or if you want to see the blessing of God, well, you got to perform in a certain way. Hold on. I'm going to show you that you cannot mix the law and grace. You see, the law is performance. The law is religion. The law is self-effort. The law requires you to struggle, sweat, and perform to try to get stuff from God. Now, watch this, guys. I love this. This is so awesome. The law is always going to place attention on self, whereas grace and truth is going to place attention on a Jesus. Glory to God. <laughs> is he, as a result of what Jesus did for you on that cross, it is so no longer about what you can do. It's no longer about you, friend. It is all about him. You see, it's all about him. Now, I want to give you real fast here... We don't have too much time to spend on this because I want to get to some, some stuff I want to share with you here on five, five uh, things the cross actually accomplished for us. But I want to give you some, some, some things to kind of ponder and meditate on. And, um, you know, one day we might get further into this, but it's kind of like what the contrast is between grace and the law. Uh, there's, a, there's a divide between grace and the law, or watch this, you can say it like this as well. There's a divide between before the cross, law, and after the cross, grace. And so, before the cross, under the law, people under the law of Moses had to earn the blessings of God. In fact, it was, you got to do this. If you do this, you will be blessed. You had to earn the blessing. Now, after the cross, glory to God, under grace, it's undeserved favor. We looked at that, right? Grace is undeserved favor. I'm going to really show you all of this from Scripture, guys. <laughs> Praise God. Now, before the cross, under the law, it was all about how much I can love God. It was, you got to love God with all of your mind, heart, and soul. You see, now, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying don't love God, guys. We love God. But what I want you to understand is, the Bible says in the New Testament, in, in, the, in, the, in, the, in 1 John, that we love Him because He first loved us. 
We love him because he first loved us. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. But he was quoting from the Old Testament. He was quoting the law of Moses. Now, it was how much I can love God under the law. Now, after the, after the uh, cross, under grace, it's about how much God loves me, glory to God. Before the cross, under the law, you had to struggle, sweat, and perform to get God to do. After the cross, under grace, it's all about what God has already finished through, through Jesus Christ, glory to God. When Jesus said on the cross, it is finished, guys, what he meant was, it is finished. Before the cross, under the law, there was anxiety and unease and fear that was produced. You see, because if you are operating in a performance-based mentality, no matter how good you think you're doing, there's always that underlying fear, well, Alex, what if I fall short? What if I'm displeasing to God? That's law. After the cross, under grace, what happens is there's rest, glory to God. There's rest, glory to God. The Bible says those who have believed the good news, the gospel, they enter into the rest. In other words, there's some peace. Glory to God. The, the, the highest expression of faith, guys, is when you are at peace, no matter what is going on in your life. Jesus is the one who can give you that peace, I want you to know. A few more here. Before the cross, under the law, it was self-centered. It was about what I can do. Well, I got to perform. I got to do this. I got to make sure I'm pleasing to God. You see, it was self-centered. After the cross, grace, it's a Jesus-centered. Praise God. Before the cross, under the law, there was pride that was produced. Because what happens if you're operating in self-effort and performance, sooner or later it's going to produce some pride. <laughs> you know, you're going to compare yourself to some other people and you're going to think, man, I'm better than those other people. Hold on. After the cross, what happens is, under grace, when you know, man, what you got to do is you got to look to the cross. When you know you need Jesus, when you know that you depend on Him, well, that's going to produce some humility. And one more, after the cross under grace, as a result of the Holy Spirit indwelling the born-again believer, I want you to see grace is spiritual, whereas the law is carnal. Carnal simply means it's natural. It's of the five senses. It is you doing things that you can do in the natural to try to be right with God. Well, that can never work. The Bible describes the law as a law of carnal ordinances. Grace and truth that came by Jesus as a result of the Holy Spirit, guys. Glory to God. What it does is it elevates you into the spiritual life. It elevates you in the spiritual life where God is, is no longer out there. But God, as a result of His Holy Spirit in you, or by means of His Holy Spirit in you, has taken up residence on the inside of you, child of God. And so He's now working on the inside of you. Grace is the spiritual life. Everybody tracking with me here so far? I want to make sure we're all still on the same bus here, okay? I don't want to leave you guys behind, like, three stops back there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> okay, so we're all still on the same bus, guys. Guys, church, if you understand this, type amen into the chat. Say amen. Praise God. And so it's all about the grace and truth of Jesus that was ushered into this earth realm, guys, as a result of our Lord dying on the cross and rising again. That's awesome, guys.
Now, a couple of things I want to show you about the law. Uh, flip with me to Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses, we're going to look at verses 1 through 3, and then 15 and 16, and then be ready, we'll head over to uh, James chapter 2, uh, Deuteronomy 28, because what happens is that a lot of people, as I kind of indicated earlier, think that the law is proportional blessings. In other words, what they think is, well, Alex, you know, we know we're under grace, but, you know, the way we think this works is that, man, you just do the best you can, you know, you do the best you can, and then what happens is that when you fall short, there's going to be grace for that. Now, many well-meaning people believe that. Anybody ever been there? You know, your understanding of grace is, well, I got to do what I can do, you know, but then, man, if I fall short, well, there's grace for that. Well, hold on. Now, that might make sense, guys. In a, in, a, in a natural, carnal way, or in a human, from a human perspective, let me put it this way, from a human perspective, that might make sense. And so a lot of well-meaning people think that, you know, you do the best you can, and it's proportional blessings, you know, you keep a little bit of the law, you get, you get a little bit of the blessings, and so on and so forth. Hold on, friends. That's not how this works. You see, the law actually is perfection. The law is all or nothing. If you're going to live under the law, if you're going to try to perform to be right with God, it's going to be all or nothing. Notice what he says in Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 1. He says in verse 1, And it shall come to pass, if thou, everybody underline and take note, if thou. So it's conditional, right? He says, if thou shall hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all of his commandments, underline all of his commandments, guys. Now, again, a lot of people think, well, he's talking about the Ten Commandments. No, the Ten Commandments, guys, are part of all of his commandments under the Old Covenant. But it's a sum total of 613 commandments. And so he's talking about you got to do the entire law. He says, if you will observe and to do all of his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord will set you on high above all of the nations of the earth. And then he goes into the blessings, and he says, And these blessings shall come unto thee, and overtake thee, if thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Blessed shall you be in the city, blessed shall you be in the field. And now I just want you to see here, and this is all kind of foundation, guys. I want to set this up as a strong foundation here today. Notice verses 15 and 16, because, you know, you say, well, Alex, here's the blessing, but hold on. Notice what happens if you don't keep all of the commandments. Because verse 15 says, But it shall come to pass, if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God, to observe, to do, watch this now, this is powerful, guys, all of his commandments, okay, <laughs> all right, if you're not doing all of his commandments, what happens is, uh, he says here, and, the, and his statutes, which I command you this day, he says, that all of these curses shall come on you and overtake you, whoa. You see how condition-based this is, guys? And now he says, verse 16, Cursed shall you be in the city, cursed shall you be in the field. And guys, he goes into a whole lot of different curses here. And uh, notice what he says in James chapter 2, verse uh, 10. He says in verse 10, For whosoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend in one point, he's guilty of it all. That's brutal, guys. That's brutal. He says, you got to keep the entire law. And um, 
if you're going to offend in just one point, he says, you're going to be guilty of it all. Now, Alex, what is this you're saying? Friend, I want you to understand that this is what we have been redeemed from as a result of Jesus shedding his blood on that cross 2,000 years ago and Jesus rising on that third day, you are no longer under the law. In fact, look at this, uh, Galatians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Uh, because what happened on the cross, I want us to look at now. What actually happened on the cross? Why did Jesus die on the cross? And it is, guys, in order to set us free from what the Bible calls the curse of the law. I'm going to take you through this step by step, so bear with me. You see, the law is all or nothing. You've got to perform up to perfection, right? Now notice what, what he says in Galatians 3.13. This is what we're remembering here today, guys. This is what Jesus did for us on the cross. He says in verse 13, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, glory to God, being made a curse for us. Watch this now. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Guys, that's referring to the cross. That's referring to the cross. And so what happened on the cross was, guys, Jesus took our penalty for not being able to obey the law of Moses, for not being able to keep God's law. You see, now this is significant because remember, a lot of people have this performance-based mentality when it comes to God, but Jesus actually redeemed us from what the Bible calls the curse of the law. The curse of the law. Look at verse 14. And this is what we've received instead. He says that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. Now, Gentiles is talking about the entire world. In other words, not just Jewish people, but the entire world. That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now, notice this. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, through faith. What I want you to notice is, redeemed from the curse of the law, We've received the blessing. What I want you to notice is, we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We've received the Spirit, the Spirit of grace. I want you to see, the Holy Spirit, guys, takes the place of the law of Moses in the born-again believer. The reason that you and I are not under the law is because we have the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. You see, we got the Spirit of God living on the inside of us. Now, Jesus, as we saw here, set us free from the penalty for not being able to keep the law. You say, well, Alex, well, why, why was there a penalty? Well, guys, it's, it's quite simply this. You know, the law is performance and self-effort, and so the law would reward people, as we saw, if they could do all of the law, which, guys, nobody could do that. <laughs> okay, that's why Jesus had to come. Just giving you a little bit of heads up here. And so, the law uh, would reward people for, you know, performing perfectly, but whenever there's a reward, guys, <laughs> I mean, no, there's got to be, a, you know, a consequence for not being able to, to perform up to the standard, you see. There's got to be like a, a, a consequence or a penalty whenever somebody does not perform up to the standard. Well, Christ on the cross took our punishment for not being able to keep God's law, glory to God, and you will see the law of God is perfection. In exchange, what happened was we first Received, glory to God, the blessing of Abraham. And what is the blessing of Abraham? That's grace, guys. That's grace, you see. 
You see, because when, when, you, when you go back to Genesis and you look at Abraham and, and the account of Abraham, uh, you will see that God was dealing with him not based on his performance. You see, in fact, God shows up to Abraham and he says, I will bless you <laughs> and, and you will be a blessing. And if you will study that, guys, you will see what did Abraham do to deserve that blessing of God. The answer is he deserved, he did nothing to deserve it. God showed up because, you know, God's nature, as you will see today, is to be good. God's nature is His love towards us. It's His kindness towards us. It is His grace towards us. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubin. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace. Now, to learn more and to access the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now, I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.